here we are, these beautiful specimens, these beings that exist on this planet Earth. We ebb and we flow. Welcome to the Canadian Shaman Podcast. I'm here talking about awakening and releasing your conditions. This is a bit of a meditation, and so I hope that you find it therapeutic, relaxing, and enjoyable. I hope that you are able to find a place of peace and solitude. And as you begin to settle in to wherever you are, know that this meditation is a practice that is for allowing you to release any and all things that no longer serve you, that you no longer require, that you no longer need, that are no longer of value to who you are as a human being. This meditation is strictly for those who are excited and ready to awaken, to release conditions that are anchoring you into a particular place, position. Maybe they're anchoring you to a particular person, job, or maybe they're holding you back from where you really truly want to be. Begin to relax into your seat. Take a deep inhale through the nose and out through the mouth. Repeat this process three times and allow yourself to be transported. Hearing what you need to hear in my voice I want you to start to begin to feel your body against your chair, perhaps your seat, perhaps you can feel the sunshine or feel the cool breeze against your skin. Start to notice the temperature of your breath. Is it hot or is it cold? Finding an opportunity for you to fully acknowledge your present being. Hearing the sounds that are around you and trying to not label them. Feeling the tension in your body and trying to allow it to let go. Finding space in your lungs, finding space in your breath. And begin to see the color blue. A beautiful, beautiful, clear fall afternoon 
the hint of the sun and the coolness and crispness in the air. Give yourself the opportunity to move forward, to move forward into this all-encompassing blue light where you feel a sense of ease and relaxation, where you're no longer bounded by the words you say, where you're conscious of the verbs you use and the nouns you use, and possibly even the way you communicate with others. Perhaps you have an opportunity to fully let go of any words you chose to say to someone in a negative way. And seeing this beautiful blue encompassing you, starting from your feet all the way up to the top of your head, start to allow your mind, body, and soul to drift into a place of grace and ease. You are no longer expected to not speak your mind. I want you to visualize a lock. This lock encompassed around a chain. This chain is encompassed around your neck. I want you to look down into your left hand, notice and feel the coolness and the heaviness of a key. And as you feel into your shoulders, there is a sense of tension. There is a sense of weight. And as you lift your hand, you see that the key fits perfectly in the lock. Placing the key inside the lock, you're going to be turning it to the left. Visualize the turning to the left and feel the lock unlock. Feel it release the chain and feel the chain drift and slide away from your shoulders. Taking a deep breath in and acknowledging you are letting go of any tension that no longer serves you. You are in a place of grace. You are in a place of ease. You are loved. I want you to turn your eyes inside your head to the left. Follow them up and over to the right. Inhale. Exhale, lifting the eyes to the center of the skull and over to the left. 
and then finding a place of stillness. See if you can channel who you truly are. See yourself released of any old chains, any old anchors, any old past conditions, anything that no longer serves you. Remember, you are not required to do anything you do not want to do. You are a beautiful spirit here on this planet Earth. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be loved. You deserve to be cared about. You deserve freedom. You deserve peace. You deserve communication. You deserve to communicate with grace and ease. Any old chains that are surrounding you are unlocked. It is your choice to release. It is your choice to let go. It is your choice to move forward, to move on, to move upward. You have the capability of believing in and becoming a gentle, kind, creative, honest communicator. You are loved. Taking five to ten minutes for yourself each and every day to relinquish any and all conditions. If you are a mother, you give, but you can also take back. You are not obligated to perform complete. If you are a caregiver of any kind, it is essential for you to create space for your own healing and transmutation, free of guilt free of judgment and free of pain. The world needs you. The world loves you. The world is here for you. It is time. It is time to allow yourself the freedom It is your time to allow yourself the right to say no, 
to rest a little longer, to not be the sole person responsible to complete the tasks, to know that you do have responsibilities, but deadlines, obligations, financial obligations, visiting people that you did not want to, but felt like you needed to, wearing a particular outfit or reading or writing in a certain way. Anything that no longer gives you your authentic self Anything that no longer provides you with the gift of your own authenticity. You are human. You are genuine. You are loved. You are kind. And so I ask you now, be kind to yourself, be genuine to yourself, be loving to yourself, embrace this place of peace, embrace this place of empowerment, embrace this change. Embrace the opportunity to be at ease, to be in love with yourself, to support yourself to communicate with yourself, to find peace within yourself. You are free and you are loved. Remember that your natural gifts and talents were given to you, your authentic self, so that you could be in the power of the now, in the being. Who are you? Who am I? If you are unsure, ask and the universe will provide. And know that this is a place where you can have faith, where you can have ease, grace, and love. This moment right now is an opportunity for you to fully connect Show yourself a spiritual awakening to become more conscious as a husband or wife, a mother or father, 
a daughter or a son, a sister or a brother, as an aunt or an uncle, or just as you, reducing your labels to who am I and finding your true authentic self without judgment, guilt or shame. Letting these words settle deeply inside of your chest, letting them settle deeply inside of your heart. Begin to take deep breaths, starting to feel your arms and legs, starting to really utilize your breath to bring you back to a state of reality. Before you open your eyes, remember, when you feel scattered, scared, unsure, pressured, find your focus on the color blue. Allow yourself the opportunity to just zone out and bask in the simple color blue. Let your mind and body release any and all conditions that were placed on you from generations, cultures, expectations, or perhaps even yourself. You are loved, and in loving yourself, you will become more and more awakened, creating a channel for you to acknowledge what it is that you need. As your host, the Canadian Shaman, I encourage you to step outside and focus on the beautiful color blue. Find peace and grace and ease and acceptance in being who you truly are, your most authentic self. And as you begin to leave your space of peace and ease, know that you will be faced for trials and tribulations, but to give yourself the opportunity to remember one simple thing the color blue and remembering the opportunity it presents of peace, of calmness, of ebb and flow, but most importantly, your authenticity. Your goal this week is each time you wash your hands, imagine washing off the negative energies negative thoughts, negative emotions, negative expectations or conditions, relinquishing all pain, suffering, animosity, guilt, or frustration. You are loved. Thank you for joining me here on the Canadian Shaman. I hope you found peace 
and I hope you resonated. I hope you found the option to relinquish any and all conditions and become your most authentic self. Have a beautiful day. morning and welcome to the Canadian Shaman. I want to first start by acknowledging the Swampy Cree Indians and I'd like to acknowledge them by their poem, Nourishing Our Roots. The truth is I have mud on my hands from digging roots. The truth is I brought them to you. The truth is, I work to get them and complained while digging them up. The truth is, once I got back here and I saw your face, it didn't matter. I knew it would work. I really want to just start by acknowledging that Mother Nature is out there. She is real. She is all around us. And she gives us such beautiful gifts. Gifts that can help heal us. And the particular herbs that I've chosen this morning to discuss are ones that are specific to women and ones that are very therapeutic in both our mind, body, and soul. The particular one that I want to start with is one that some women know about, but maybe not all women. And it happens to be one of the most effective in treating menstrual cramps, irritability, urinary tract infections, and a whole plethora of other ailments. I'm going to first start by describing the beauty of this particular leaf. It starts and grows on a prickly branch. And over the summer, the leaves become large and sharp and rigid, and it produces a white flower. This white flower then is pollinated by the gorgeous bees and turns into a supple, beautiful, red, juicy raspberry. It's amazing how this little tiny raspberry gives us such a feeling of comfort and grace and ease. This particular leaf I chose because I thought about how us women give and give and give. And inside this flower, inside this flower produces this fruit that is one one will pluck from the actual branch itself and eat it or leave it or create something with it. What I'm talking about is Rubus indius or the red raspberry leaf. Now, typically the leaves are not flowering, but they do produce delectable delectable fruit. 
And you can find them in most areas in the United States as well as in Canada. It's a hardy plant and it grows in a lot of different areas, thickets, fields, even in old foundations. The best part about this particular leaf is that when it is gathered and when it is the strongest to gather is when it's just starting to turn from that beautiful rich green to an orange and red color just before it's ready to say goodnight for winter. When you clip these particular leaves, make sure you clip them closest to the actual stem of the raspberry. And you may want to wear gloves because raspberry bushes tend to be quite prickly. Not only will this help the actual plant itself to regrow and produce more fruit the following year, but these particular leaves can be dried, harvested, and making sure that you don't completely dry them all the way, you want just a little bit of moisture in there. You can then put them into a glass jar and they will keep for about one year or the entire duration of winter. These raspberry leaves are excellent for any kind of toxicity in your urine or in your pelvic floor. It's actually said that by drinking this tea, it will help to strengthen and tone the muscles of the uterus. So if you know anyone that is suffering from fertility issues or having any kind of pelvic floor issues or uterus issues, this comes highly recommended to use. It can be used during pregnancy and labor and immediately after birth. One of the really cool things is you can actually make this tea and freeze it into little ice cubes. And when you're feeling not so healthy down there, you can just rub this ice on your stomach. And the actual absorption from the skin will help to calm down the toxicity levels in the area. Now our wombs are divine creatures, I tell you this. How is it possible that we can create life? And sometimes we don't get to talk about it and how to care for it very often. And so this morning I thought I would use the opportunity to show you that something so simple, so easily readily available, can help change your hormonal system. It can help strengthen it. It can help balance it. And it can help balance it through the rest of the entire body. It is said that by drinking one to three cups of raspberry leaf tea or taken daily in small sips throughout the day will not only help strengthen the hormonal system, it'll help to regulate it, reduce menstrual cramps or premenstrual discomfort, and it will help to reduce inflammation. It's not recommended that you use it throughout the menstrual cycle, but you can actually even bath in the, in the tea. What I particularly like about it is that this particular leaf, if you're planning on going on a fall detox, or you know someone that's going through a detox, or even someone that's preparing for surgery or coming back from surgery, 
This particular leaf is amazing for helping people on hormone drugs, steroids, alcohol, or drug abuse. I particularly make most of my teas with the raspberry leaves because it is just so versatile. You don't have to be a woman to drink it, but especially if you tell men you're putting it in there, they do get a little hot and bothered for whatever reason. But the really cool thing that I stumbled upon is a very indigenous belief that the raspberry leaf, when drank, will help you be able to grieve the loss of a loved one and to be able to connect with them energetically as if you were in their womb, especially if you've lost a mother, a grandmother, a lover, or a child. Apparently, the raspberry is said to hold support from losses, recent or old, and that when drank, the cells of our bodies actually remember the experience that you've had with this person with love, light, and energy. Can you believe that little leaf is just there in the back of your yard or down the alleys, not even being utilized? It's such a courageous, sharp, interesting leaf Did you know that it could do so much? I certainly didn't. The next beautiful herb that I want to bring your attention to is something I grow in my own yard. I love this. I love this plant. I love it. So there's definitely many different colors that come up. There's yellow, there's white, and there's pink flowering heads. And it is the yarrow. It does come from the daisy flower and the areas that you want to use are the leaves and the flowers. Pink ones, uh, depending on where you are, can be very, very rare, but the rose ones are the ones I actually grow in my backyard. They're almost a magenta kind of color. These are One of those plants that a village firmly believed that this would go really well with elderflowers. And it is one of those plants that has been used in generations and generations and generations for teas, tinctures, sometimes just drying the flower as an ornament. In Wiccan culture, This particular flower is said to wear off negative energies. It's also meant to help restore beautiful grace and sleep. In terms of dissecting it and understanding where and how to use it, the best part is, is you should be harvesting it when the flower has bloomed. Let it bloom for about a week or two. That way the plant has produced as much as it can into that particular flower. You can clip the flower and start working your way down the leaves. About this time, being that it's September, it's probably a good time to continue to cut back the leaves. But each time, if you're doing this in the summertime, just clipping the top off is 
one of the most effective ways so that the plant can reproduce. This is a perennial, so it will come back every year, especially if you live where I live, which is in Canada, and the water and the temperature drops really, really low. One of the best things I like to do is combine this with a peppermint or chamomile. And I also usually add a bit of honey. Now, this one is really great for, again, uh, delaying a menstrual cycle or at least lightening up the heavy flow of the menstrual cycle. Um, but it can also be used as a, a stringent. So when you boil it and remove the, S, uh, the actual herb itself, you can cool it and mix it with a bit of rose water and use it as an astringent on your face and skin. I really love making my yarrow teas with the peppermint and chamomile because there are research out there that shows that it can help a bone set. And if you've been following me, you know that I have actually just had an osteotomy and a reconstruction from a ligament, from a cadaver. And so um, I really enjoy taking this tea because I know it's not only helping to restore the energy in my bone, uh, but it's also giving me an opportunity to kind of detox. And this tea is really great when you mix it with honey because yarrow is quite bitter, but it is a good way to stimulate the digestive system and help just to kind of cool you down. I love when I do yarrow, peppermint, and lavender, and honey. I boil it, let it sit, and then pour it over some ice. It's a fantastic summer drink. When you are using it, if you do go back, I'm sorry, I'm going back to the astringent area. When you do use yarrow for astringents, you want to make sure that you boil it as long as you possibly can, and then keep the remaining liquid. That particular liquid is very, 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 very high in astringent. So if it was to be drank, it can cause diarrhea. So that's why you only steep the tea for three to five minutes. When you're creating an astringent, you boil it quite down um, as much as you possibly can. You can actually create uh, a topical... Uh, ally to assist with bleeding and healing wounds on the skin. So if you use something sort of like a salve that would uh, and mix it together, that would also help. Interestingly enough, it actually aids in the healing of fissures and hemorrhoids. I know, what a crazy, crazy little plant. When you are drying it, if you just like the look of it, People used to hang them in their windows for protection, to rebalance. It's said that it's beneficial for anyone who is depleted by external influences and absorbs a massive amount of negativity. Ones that have a hard time, people that have a hard time dissipating that uh, sense of peace. So with that being said, with these two beautiful herbs, there is a lot of energy through there that we could talk about. But I think 
I'm going to end it there and give you the opportunity to just reflect on what I had described and spoken about and read you a poem by Nancy Devine called Butterfly Kisses. Accidentally this morning while stretching in bed, my arm feels the familiar yet strange thrill, the brush of a dry insect wing. And when I first learn, forgotten remember, and then forgotten again, the finer uses of my eyelashes. It must have been a group of us girls sharing our secrets and laughing, especially around our first bloody time. I'm your Canadian shaman, offering ideas, recommending, and creating space for you to learn, love, and enjoy the natural gifts that Mother Nature has. Thanks again for joining me, and I look forward to hearing from you. Have a blessed day. Good morning and welcome to The Switches. I'm your host, Karina Ann Paz. This morning, I really wanted to discuss and talk about the use of crystals and pendulums and how you can use the combination of crystal pendulums to get the most effective and efficient way to deal with a client and help them reset and restore all seven chakras. Now, I understand that there are many beliefs of what chakras are. And from what I understand, there's many different types of chakras all throughout the body. We here in Western culture really tend to focus in on the seven chakras. These are centers of spiritual power throughout the human body. They are often color coordinated and start from the ground up. If you've never used or heard of chakras, they can be quite an interesting thing. The word chakra actually comes from Sanskrit, which is one of the oldest languages in the world. We use it a lot in yoga, and it refers to the energy points of our bodies, but it also means wheel. And it is said to believe that each chakra is turning in a clockwise direction and spinning. And these are always spinning, but the speed of which they spin is very different. And if we get all seven spinning at the correct speed and uh, the correct alignment, uh, they will be called what we would say open and aligned. A lot of these correspond to certain bundles of nerves, major organs, areas of the body, and also our emotional and mental health. It becomes increasingly important to understand how they work, when they work, and their meanings behind them, especially if you're going to be using different type of crystals on them. Last week I did talk about all the different types of crystals that I do use within uh, a client and a client session and how I use those crystals. However, a little disclaimer here. This information is proven 
and given to you by a registered massage therapist and energy practitioner, but it is not meant to be used as the sole medical advice. If there are other things going on in your body and your doctor has advised you as necessary, please, and remember that this is not to be replaced with medical connections. The first philosophy originates in India and they have become extremely popular with yoga. And this is because they were first mentioned in Vedas, which is ancient, ancient uh, sacred texts of spiritual knowledge. That dates back to about 1500 to 1000 BC. And a lot has been studied about them. But here I'm offering you an opportunity to utilize your chances of regaining strength within each particular chakra. Last week I had talked about laying a person down and what an overall session would be like. The base chakra or the root chakra is defined by that stability, the grounding, physical identity, and it's often located at the base of the spine or tailbone. If you're doing a chakra clearing with someone and they prefer to sit up, this is an opportunity for you to really explore the alignment. And from a movement practitioner, the movement alignment of the spine is incredibly important. In the lower region, we talk about the pelvic floor, we talk about contractions, we talk about constipation, uh, reproduction, bladder, physical issues where like arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis begin. And we also talk about lower back pain. And through this root chakra, people are often struggling with their insecurities about finances and basic needs. So when you have a client that you're working with that is often coming in very anxious, very scattered, very emotional, the first area that I typically would like to work on is the root chakra. When someone's sitting up, they may be able to actually activate something that's a little bit more, a little off kilter from what I'm speaking about today, but there is something actually called Kundalini. Now, Kundalini energy is also uh, from India. It origi originates in India. And it is based on an energy chalk, an energy that is more about a feminine energy, less male. And it's very cool because every time I've sort of activated my Kundalini energy and really raising my vibration specifically in my root chakra, I've noticed that the rest of my chakras in specific really change. And I also notice that I have a capability of manifesting so much deeper and so much more and actually a lot more quickly. So this divine feminine energy that's at the base of the spine when we start to sit on our tush or pelvic floor, it's the sensation of drawing up through the sphincter and the genitalia. 
and that's the contraction between those two points where you're adding a lift to that. Slowly start to draw the stomach in and just sit with this idea of this beautiful energy coming up the spine. Once you feel like it comes up, you release it and it sort of goes up and down, up and down with your breathing and with your contraction. But now we add in the roof of the mouth, pressing uh, the tongue, pressing to the roof of the mouth. So once you contract the pelvic floor, press the tongue to the roof of the mouth, we create what they call a, a Tantra, a Shiva Tantra, which is believed to be a force that is continued to be open from the root chakra straight through and all the way out the top of the head. This is our opportunity to manifest. It's also our opportunity to let go of things that are causing us pain and struggle and sadness. I often find that when we are working with both Kundalini and the chakras, some people get a little bit confused with this. And so I do find placing a crystal is one of the most effective ways to help people not only feel but focus. The crystals that I would use to stimulate these kundalini, this kundalini energy, which resides in that root chakra, is actually um, one that creates alignment. And if you're able to do this, you can get both the top, the lower part of the body and the top part with two separate crystals. And what I would say is some of the best crystals that I've ever used, if you can get your hands on it, is Moldervite. And Moldervite, if you do not know what Moldervite is, it's actually a meteorite that crashed in Czechoslovakia. And it is said to have immense enlightening feelings. It actually can make you, when you're holding it, it can actually make you feel almost nauseous when you're not used to it. And it can make you feel a little bit unearthly and unsteady, which is can be unnerve-wracking for some people. Another really amazing crystal to use is a growth interference quartz, or just a growth quartz. These are the ones that have a base, and then the structure is actually growing upward with several different uh, pylon, uh, pillars sticking out of the base of the crystal. I find this to be an interesting one, especially when people are drawing the energy upwards, because you can cue them to look at the base of the crystal and work all the way up the spine, which is, to me, one of the most exciting things that we as practitioners or even people who are practicing for ourselves, can do. Anything that creates a visual stimuli, stimula as well as a physical stimula is, is just so therapeutic for the human body.
Our brains tend to get a little carried away and really can create our own negative thoughts. And this is where it becomes most important for you as a practitioner to aid in someone's awakening. And what I mean by that is as you go through these stages with your clients and in specifically the root chakra which we're talking about today and Kundalini, you will see that people get uncomfortable. They may say things to you if you're really paying attention that are almost self-sabotaging in a way. They will talk about how they feel like they're in a fog, perhaps the energies around them are difficult to navigate because they feel so lost and alone. And it could be that they are in a toxic situation where they don't know how to move forward or move through a particular situation or person. This person can be as close to them as their sons, their daughters, their spouse, their mothers, their fathers, their best friends. And we become so conditioned to, especially as people who are feeling very unsteady in their root chakra, we become conditioned to be givers. Give, 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 give. And it also, as a woman, not saying men don't have this, but as a woman, we often are predisposed to being quiet, to waiting to not speaking our opinion because we don't want to rock the boat. And this will throw off your kundalini energy as well as your whole being. And it almost leads into a Pandora box situation where you're almost unlocking everything that you are trying to gain back. So oftentimes we really do ask people to go through the stages, go through the opportunities of healing, and really set yourself up for success with the kundalini energy. My next favorite crystal to use with things like this is a beautiful uh, kyanite or brookalite. Um, they often are one of these crystals that are just so fabulous for stimulating that kundalini energy and allowing our bodies to really enjoy that sensation and growth. The next one that I really think is one of the most stimulating and also very kind of scary one is a paradite. And this paradite is green in color, which people often are confused about as to why you would be using a green color in the root chakra. But the paradite is a crystal that I originally was introduced when I was really struggling with my finances. And I mean, unless you're 1%, you will be always struggling with your finances. But it's about how you navigate and accept where you currently are in your stages. And if you have the opportunity to live your best life within your own means, why wouldn't you do that? And I often find that when I work with people's root chakras, they tend to 
not understand how powerful their own manifestations are and how powerful their ability to reside and sit within their own energy cycle and how important that is. So paradite being a green stone, it often is used to attract the sensations or the feelings of financial well-being. This is one that's very difficult for people. I hear you when I say it and people often go, how am I supposed to be financially uh, relaxed when I can't pay my rent or when I can't pay my bills or when I can't do this and when I can't do that? And so what I say to people is when we associate our brains with money, physical money, we see green. Our initial thought is money when we see green. And I know that's kind of a crazy thought, but that is a real true uh, neural plastic change that we can make. So the more green you can see, uh, the better you are off. So not only will the green stimulate a sense of calm, it actually has been proven to lower your blood pressures and your energy cycles. So my question to people listening is, would you be able to envision a color green right now? And with that, if you can just close your eyes and notice that a feeling, any feeling, when we initially start working with the root chakra and we bring this kind of stone out, people almost get anxious. They almost get nervous and they get kind of scared. So this particular one, when I place it in front of someone to look at, I use keywords like increase, prosperity, warmth, well-being. And it's the idea that you can live within your own world in a peaceful place. We know that rent comes at the first of the month or the 15th or however it goes. And so we can anticipate knowing that we may feel higher anxiety during the beginning the, the, as the first is approaching and near the end. But there is a, a way that you can allow yourself to take snippets and breaks in between the each first of the month. What I used to do is I actually used to take money out of the bank, $20, $10, $5, and I actually would hang them, sounds kind of crazy, I would actually hang them by my bed in my window where I could see them. The subconscious is quite interesting. When you can actually see your money, you feel your money, and therefore your levels of anxiety and stress around money go down. The other really great thing about this paradise is it has been on the planet for some 200, 2,500 years. So 2,500 years. It was first discovered in the 1800s, and it was discovered in Pakistan, Burma, Australia, Brazil, United States, Canada, and South Africa. Pretty much all over the globe. This was the symbol of sun. 
And when we pull into this very cool, beautiful stone, it really gives us a powerful generation and a frequency of increasing anything. So that's why I use it at the base chakra. It can increase your health, it can increase your joy, it can increase your finances, your emotional well-being, and it can expand your ability to receive messages from the universe. When you take this stone, combine it at the root chakra with the kundalini meditations or even just the kundalini idea of pulling the energy through the spine and out the top of the head, you start to notice these amazing changes. They don't happen right away and they don't happen in a week from today, but they will begin to happen more and more frequently. It aids in the creation of love. It aids in the creation of healing energy. And it is highly, highly, highly effective for removing any blockages. And blockages meaning where our, where our chakras are not spinning as quickly as they should. So when you take a person through this, wondering what chakras are out or wondering which crystals to use for yourself, that's where that beautiful technique of using the pendulum comes into play. You can actually, for yourself, when you're taking your pendulum and you place it over top of your left hand, holding it with your right, you can actually ask, what chakra is my root chakra out of alignment? Is my second, my heart, out of alignment? What I've noticed lately is that most people have been having extreme difficulty these times this year. And it's not a normal year. It hasn't been a normal year for a while. But what I really have started to notice is that people have started to lose their sense of who they are and what their choices are. And that is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I understand that we are fighting an unknown source, but if everybody at least once a week took a moment to challenge their kundalini energy and manifest a beautiful light source energy, one that is healing, one that is calming, one that is abundant with love. If we all did that at the same time, I believe that there is a possibility, there is a definite possibility that we might be able to create change. I'm just going to let you sit with that for a moment, taking a couple of deep breaths, and then I'll open the floor up for questions. I'm Karina Ampos, and thank you for joining me with the switches.